This is Civil Politics Supplemental Episode on Planet Side Podcasts. Uh, I'm Michael Dow, and I'm here with uh, Stacey Cooney. Hello. And Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And the reason we're doing this special episode, uh, oh, the, dun, 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 the drum mayor roll. of my fine, <laughs> fine city, East Hampton, uh, Nicole LaChapelle. Good evening. So um, we just did a show on the air, and there was more to talk about. So um, first off, well, there were a bunch of things to talk about. Let's start with ranked choice voting. Yes, ranked choice voting on the local level. Uh, we have a city councilor, Tom Peake, who really took up the charge on this. It was uh, something he actually ran on two years ago and kind of walked me through it. We're in the middle of a charter review, and so this is going to change the way we um, vote for mayor and district councilors, and it's a traditional ranked choice voting uh, procedure, and the legislature uh, passed our charter change, and the governor signed off, and we Got it in time for this November's ballot. That's okay. Quick, yeah. We <laughs> in are terms of charter change, tidy in East Hampton. <laughs> can, can you can you just uh, run through for perhaps one of your constituents who maybe hasn't been paying any attention? You know, <laughs> he's, he's no names, <laughs> no names, no shame. Uh, but he's the worst, and would like to know more. Aww. Aww. Well, no. he is blonde. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, so hey, wait, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> good pivot. Uh, good pivot. Uh, so you walk into uh, yeah. the ballot uh, box or the polling station, whatever it's called right now. No, no, no. I don't mean the ranked choice. How do you change the city oh. charter? Oh. I know about ranked, ranked choice. Oh. We've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah North we can Ham- talk about Northampton yeah. just yeah. went through this, well, a little while ago, but it they took five tries. At, yeah, yeah, they look at their charter almost every year to tighten it up. Um, but for us, it's been about nine years um, in our charter. So you can do it a couple of different ways. There can be a charter review, which we, we have done, or a charter commission, which actually people run to be on the commission. It's a very different process. But we're in a charter review. They've been working for almost a year. Uh, there were two uh, kind of goals here. One was to go through the charter page by page, paragraph by paragraph, and clean it up and tighten it up. Um, and, and really take a good look at how it's structured. And there were some things that were just out of date, but there were other things that the language was really loose, and we were operating really on past practice. Ambiguities and contradictions, yeah. Yep, there you go. What a vocabulary you have. I, I, I went to prep school. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I walked into that. Um, so yes, you rather did. Yes accents tonight so we go through the charter review there's a uh, panel that is chosen by the city council president and then there are city councilors themselves Uh, it's a group of eight this time around we had two students join us which was wonderful and as the mayor I'm in and out of the process until the very end so they tightened up all the the loose stuff and also looked at major changes so three of the major changes that caused us to actually go to the legislature for a home rule petition, uh, yeah. petition mm-hmm. and um, was ranked choice voting for mayor, ranked choice voting for district uh, level councilors, and then changing the mayor's uh, term from two to four years. All of these uh, changes needed to go to our city attorney and then to the House and then to the Senate. 
the the Massachusetts uh, yeah. House of State House. Yes, and State House, state not Senate. federal. Um, what, why does it need to need to do that? Why uh, can't the city just change it? Because the its... charter's like historical, and yeah. they, they approved it in the first place. So, and you have to make sure that it's in you know line with the Massachusetts Constitution, but also, I mean, you want to depoliticize the process. Oh, it makes you know, it, it's so, not that there's no logic to it. It's just yeah. you know, as I'm starting a business and you know, we can make our corporate bylaws pretty much anything that we want so long as right. it's in accord with the law and that gives us a lot of latitude. And I'm just mm-hmm. like and we can change them next week, you know, <laughs> if we want. Well, right? I mean, you're talking about access to the ballot. You're talking about transparency and accessibility of municipal government. Uh, you're talking about fair representation um, to make sure that there's uh, access, but also a voice for different constituent groups. So you have at large and, and uh, district. Yes. I, wh- sorry. Wh- what's that about? T- trans uh, access. Trans- yeah. What? Transparency <laughs> and access. You know, and something we're not great at in Massachusetts. Actually, no, no we're, not. we're not actually. Massachusetts, yeah. for all of its, you know, everyone's always like, "Oh, Massachusetts is this great place." If you really dig down, we're terrible for transparency in our government. There's a lot of William old... Bulger was the head of the state legislature for how long? I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> but some of it's historical, and it's just that, you know, it wasn't a perfect way to have a government when Boston first came around. So you can see the patchwork, yeah. and that yeah. happened to a lot of charters. I Absolutely. know Northampton tried, I think, four or five times before they finally Hoyoke changed it. the same thing. I mean, yeah. Hoy- yeah. And Hoyoke went through a commission process. We didn't feel there was anything... Um, really big and major that needed to be changed in our charter uh, because it's only 20 years old. We've not been a city. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot you're a yep. new yeah. city. So, East Hampton yeah. was a town back in the early yeah. 19th century. but yeah. So 97, we came into, you know, cityhood. Um, so our charter's pretty new. And, yeah. and there was... It doesn't have a lot of archaic diction. No, it yeah. doesn't. But it has a lot of hopeful... Um, and a uh, hopeful language as well as language that was ambiguous um, for a whole bunch of different reasons. The political process of how it, it got um, the, how it got created uh, as well is there are a lot of things like we don't have a runoff. We don't have a preliminary. We go right mm. to November. And that's really kind of more of a, a town function unless there was a, an amazing amount of uh, people um amazing amount of people running and we in Northampton just did a preliminary because we had the three candidates yeah, right. and that almost acts like ranked choice a little bit because it weaned it to two right and then they go to the general I mean so. and some people refer to the ballot question the two ballot questions we have on this in this election as instant runoff which is a little different I mean so what yeah Northampton does yeah all right um, what is the difference between instant runoff and ranked choice then because you're in a different, you're all in the same race with the five candidates. Where with the runoff, you wean it to two before you get again. elected again. Uh, um, no, I thought that was kind of the same thing. No, that's preliminary. No, in the in the election when you have ranked choice, right. all five are in. But yes. you rank your choices. Yeah. So that if this is number five, they get reattributed. Whoever has the few, if no, if in no the same one race. candidate has fifty percent or more of the votes, right. then whoever has the fewest first place votes. Is eliminated and their and their yeah. allocations are then distributed and then you right. check yeah. again. But I thought that's what an instant runoff is. No, you no, just no, because those same. three candidates no. we just had in, they had a they had a preliminary. Yeah, and one of them got the least votes. Yeah. So no matter what the other two got for votes, they were in. 
So if there'd been 20 candidates, it would still just be the right, two front I, runners. No, but that's that's an actual separate election. I thought the yeah. whole point of a separate runoff was like, okay, so we've got three candidates and they're on the ballot and, you know, people pick their first choice and their second choice and whoever has the fewest uh, uh, first choice votes is out and then we allocate... You know, the, that person's second choice votes among oh, the other two, and that's no preliminary. You only get one vote for the however many right, candidates there are. But that are. that is a separate election. Yeah, I thought yeah, the idea of instant not, runoff you, was yeah. you cut mm. that step out, and you have. I'm not sure how it's different, but it's different. Yeah. So you have th- there's two different things that's going on here. So you have one where you've got five candidates, and you start off with the five. Hypothetically, this is an example. Yes, yeah. as yeah. an example for one seat. So then the. You start with the lowest person, and then theirs get redistributed. Mm -hmm. And then you do the next one, and theirs get redistributed. And then you do the next one, and theirs get redistributed. Now, there's two different ways you can do that. You can either then have two candidates who are then put against each other, or you can do it with instant runoff, which is that whoever eventually gets to be the top is the top. And I think that's the difference. I think so. I mean, in that same I, election, yeah. yeah but I don't think, quote me. <laughs> right, right. Where's if, Stefan? Or or what? Do, who'd you say the city councilors? Uh, Tom Tom P. P. If we yeah. could patch him in, maybe, um, <laughs> and he would walk us through it. But that was actually a distinction we needed to make very clear in our in our home rule propositions and changes that it was indeed ranked choice voting rather than instant runoff. Um, and that was like a back and forth for but we're, the And we're, we're, we're not going to be doing like primaries or whatever still no, at, the, we're at not. the city level. No, and I for me it was one of the big, the big element that won me over is that we could yeah. have really more – Folks could have more participation in voting, and you could get a sense. I think it will encourage more people to run, um, but also we still could do that without a preliminary. And we are, um, and we aren't still going to wind up with the whole like, well, first past the post. So you got twenty seven percent of the vote, but that's more right. than anybody else. So I mean, our first yeah. mayor was elected with thirty three percent of the vote. It was a, a field of five, and that was wow. also a big push. So folks who. Um, remember back then, uh, agree, like, and he was in for 17 years, good or bad, it's not the judgment, but just you think about somebody who is put into office, a mayor, the first mayor on 33% of the vote, and happens to say, stay 17 years. Um, it's really hard to get an incumbent out once they're it in. Is. Yeah. Yes. So now I don't mind that. <laughs> right uh, now i see the light oh this is this is why we have our you know state preliminaries in in the fall and not spring and yeah it's yeah. like oh i like that so mm. no the uh, now that you're on the board for six hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. no 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 I, I asked for a deferral until i'm i'm not the mayor anymore so. yeah. oh that's right yeah no, a deferral, deferral. So it's exciting. I mean, it's really, you can go to Art in the Orchard, and there are 30 sculptures, and there's a very long ballot, and you can vote for your favorite. And You have to rank them? You have to rank them. And at some of the breweries, they're doing ranked choice voting on the top of beer they have, and, and there's one around pizza. Um, so the public gets to practice, and then a ballot committee has formed for ranked choice voting to do the public education, like a, a political uh, campaign, um, separate than just you know what you would see on the ballot, like an explanation of how it works, and and it's it's really interesting to see folks 
fill out a ballot, uh, ranked choice uh, voting ballot. So uh, we're we're excited um, uh, about that, and I think the questions are being given very um, serious consideration, uh, and it'll be close. I look forward to ranking my votes. <laughs> Not until 2021. So all of those ballot questions actually don't go into effect until 2021. Well, wait, but I thought you just it's said approved. they amended the city charter, and you're up for re-election yeah. this year. So, like, don't I get to rank vote in 2019? No. How many ones can you have? Is that what you're trying to say? Right. <laughs> and not even in 2020? Nope. Well, I don't run in 2020. We have, we're, uh, municipalities are odd years. Right, but I thought I mean, you said you, you'd gotten it in time for 2019. To get the right. questions to, on the ballot. Yeah, get the question on the ballot. And the language in right. the ballot question says this will take place in 2021, the next oh, municipal. Wait. So in other words... The population has to approve the charter change. Right. Okay, that's what I was yeah. Yeah. catching. So this is just... It, I'm sorry. So it's <laughs> on the ballot for the voters to decide if they want it or not. Um, the three well the four questions the municipal light question that's going towards our own internet service is non-binding but a nine a non-binding question on the municipal light service um can be considered a vote by the constituents um as we we go forward with that so uh municipal light service what would that do uh, in terms of actual lighting because i mean isn't the point None, of that really nothing right so it's really yeah. just about like fiber f- forming a utility yeah. forming a utility and yep. going for fiber internet i mean i don't know maybe down the the road a light plant you know a, a true taking over of of those utilities would make sense but that's a long time down we the could, road we could put a solar plant in or windmills or something we have a lot of solar we have a lot of we have a couple of windmills uh, the state really gives the incentives to companies and even not-for-profits, but for municipalities, um, it's up to us to, to bond for it or, or whatnot. Hmm. And we have a lot of catch-up to do. We have a lot of deferred maintenance. We have a school. Uh, we have some infrastructure that we definitely need to improve in the next five years. Um, so, Have you been talking with, uh, you know, mayors like, like Mayor Morris down in Holyoke or Mayor... Uh, um Narkowitz in Northampton about like sort of combining forces, like forming like a joint utility because you know Northampton, yeah. East Hampton, Holyoke is a bigger fish than just one of you. Well, actually, Holyoke already has its own lighting. Yeah, authority, Holyoke already has um, their own utilities. And back in the fifties, when there was a big blackout on the East Coast from space, Holyoke stood out because they had their own power they had the, company. The dam. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. So I, I, you know. I, I don't think they'd have a lot of interest. We're just really starting to talk about regional projects like that. I mean, I, I, I have, I've actually have uh, memorandums of understanding with Westfield for animal control stuff, hmm. um, and uh, Northampton helps uh, helps us out with weights and measures. Uh, so we already have smaller arrangements to to join forces. It's really helpful for a small city because it's. Very, 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 very difficult to find municipal employees. Um, it's tight, 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 tight. You mean to be able to pay them? Yeah, uh, and if you can share yeah. them so yeah. that they can come over and do yeah. exactly. Know, yeah, it's. A, it I mean, we really well. We just brought on a new treasurer. Um, our last treasurer left in May. 
Um, oh, Amherst, dear. <laughs> Amherst didn't have an actual treasure, I think, like a year and a half. Holy moly. The town or the college? <laughs> the town. <laughs> so, I've I heard mean, things about the college like, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a very difficult all around to fill those um, Sort of positions. like mutual aid with the fire departments. You know, if you can get to that point where right. everything's mutual aid. And people do help each other from city to city, too. Oh, right. I mean, without the... Tra- I mean, we yeah. reached out instantly, and there was a lot of support. You know, the rest of the finance team, you know, has all these connections. I mean, there is a lot of collegial support, especially out in Western Mass, because on top of being very difficult to find finance and uh, health agents and auditors, um, people, you know, they share, they work together. Um, and in Western Mass, it's even more compounded. So I have a question. Oh. It's, this is not a got you question. So if you don't want to talk about it, we can have John cut this bit out. Um, <laughs> but I'm just curious about um, the proposals for uh, rail. So the east-west and the north-south. Mm. And um, as I have probably mentioned several times before, I am very much of two minds about that because I love trains, <laughs> but I also fear gentrification and I fear people being priced out of their homes because people move in thinking Western Mass is this great place, which it is, and they aren't allowed to come here as far as I'm concerned. So the North-South Rail which has already started and adding, um, I think we underutilize or undermarket the importance of that, and we should have more connections um, with right, cause, Hartford. Right, because you can take. There's like going to be a train that runs locally from like Greenfield down to Hartford and back a few times a day, right? Oh, it's passing it's, through Northampton. It's, yeah. it's already it's started. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, and, you can get on the train in Springfield, and Hartford is six dollars one way, and wow. New Haven is twelve. Right. So, I mean, when we're talking about expanding north south, we should be exploiting that. Well, and one of the more. reasons why we're um, so, and this can get cut out of the thing because you know how much do people care but uh i'm i'm with i and some partners are opening a gaming cafe in holyoke mm-hmm. uh, on dwight street uh um yeah. in the warrigan building and it's right by the canal so it's like a block down the street from Absolutely. the train station yes and we're like oh that means people could come visit us but i mean the north south rail i mean you think about that corridor and it's a knowledge corridor and also when you go and look at hud um the Department of Children and Family on the federal level, we're in Region One. I mean, we're we're North South. I mean, I go to Hartford when there are HUD conferences, and that train is right there. Now, East West Rail, um, you know, I can't say I'm against it. I have two things that make me very. I'm worried about gentrification. Um, I'm you also, don't want, to, want us to become a bedroom community of Boston, basically? I, I don't. And As and, someone who comes from a bedroom community of Boston, yeah. no. <laughs> well, and you come from uh, Tewksbury, which is even more of a bedroom community for Boston than Andover, where I grew up, which is the next town over. I mean, Andover s- still has something of a, of a... Well, it also has a baseline of being more affluent. Yes, well, I was going to mention that. And has that prep school, you know. Yes. <laughs> and other things, yeah. So. No, but I, I would say, you know, there's a concern with 
on gentrification, but there's also like who is going to bear the cost, you know? And right now, I mean, the you know, Governor Baker, Lieutenant Governor Polito. Oh, you want them to pay for it? That's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Maybe we cut that out. Actually, because anyways. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm so, just being snarky. Yeah. You know? He lives um, in Beverly Farms, so they won't pay for it. So. But yeah. a lot of well, those I mean, he's no Governor Romney, so I mean, we can't just <laughs> no. expect him to pay for it personally. <laughs> no, but the East, we will bear a disproportionate cost after we paid for the big dig. Out yeah. Here. yeah. Well, and we're still paying for it. I mean, I go to yeah. Boston; it's ten dollars if I take the Pike. Well, and yep. think about the Green Line expansion, the uh, rail that's going down. I mean, that is distributed Silver line equally. that was built. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, the Bourne and Sagamore, you know, the Bourne Bridge and the Sagamore Bridge, whether that's federal or state dollars or a combination, we in Western Mass pay that. And I, I, there's a strong argument to say, okay, most of the people are in Boston, blah, 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 blah. But, but East-West Rail is specifically supposed to help Western Mass. And we will specifically pay way more money. Yeah, I, I don't think the argument is compelling that yeah. it's supposed to help, that it's yeah. actually going to help us. But North what South it will does. do, North South, I think, is yeah. has a much better um, argument Montreal, for it. So. Though I have to say that I do know that there's already um, some problems in Holyoke where um, hmm. New York developers are built are are buying up. Uh, Oh, yeah. Properties in Holyoke. And because that rail makes it much easier for sure. weekend New Yorkers. And they're also a problem. Um, and I mean, Northampton's basically been ruined by weekend North by weekend New Yorkers, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and in the opinion of many others, I'm sure. Um, I don't know about ruined, but you. I, uh, so you remember the place I used to live at uh, uh, on Pleasant Street in Northampton, which is Route 5. And I, I, Stacy actually. I was going to say I also have I also lived there for a time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After after you graduated, <laughs> yeah. so like, uh, it was overlooked uh, that parking lot's like Strong Ave, so like you know where the East Side Grill is and what used to be oh, the Bay yeah. State Hotel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like you know the train tracks were right there, and the trains used to come through, and like you know they come through at the night, and they'd come through slowly or whatever. And they were afraid at the time. And, right? and I remember my mm -hmm. you know my like it would shake the building I was in, and I remember I could hear like you know the tank on my toilet rattle and things like that. Yeah. Yep. And then they put up the block of buildings there that's now got like the trainer and the 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 yeah parap marijuana paraphernalia shop and whatnot mm -hmm. and various condos, and none of that was happening anymore. <laughs> you know, yep. and I'm just like, wow, like that's yeah, like like I don't know that I'd want to live in one of those buildings mm -hmm. right there. That mm -hmm. you know that those yeah. units right there, right by the train right. tracks like that, and they were pricey. And they were, I was gonna say, very they were really pricey. pricey. And you had to yeah. pay for the parking spot underneath, too. Yeah, and, right. and, the and it's hedge, just like, wow. The and people in, paid for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the hedge in East Hampton um, around gentrification or pushing back um, on gentrification is being very careful on how we're developing housing. I mean, because that's the first, the first thing to go. I mean, the, um, the rents in East Hampton blow my mind. Uh, yeah. A friend just rented an apartment on Cottage Street in mm -hmm. a, a rehabbed house and was thrilled because it was only fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars a month. Wow. I I mean I. How big is the house? Huh? How big? Uh, it's an apartment. It's a two bedroom apartment. Oh, so like like less than a thousand square feet kind of thing. Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Now that I'm thinking about the house. Um, I mean, wow. I've lived in East Hampton since 96 and moved because I could. I When I moved, I bought these two little houses. They were on a lot. And my mortgage was $850. Yeah. And even now, even when I owned a much bigger crazy house, it was never $1,500. And now, yeah. you know, my, my mortgage is, I don't want to say, like 1100 You know, so to think about... An apartment. Yeah, apartment. Two-bedroom. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. a young guy grew up in, in um, Northampton and came back from, you know, I think D.C. Um, oh, compared to D.C., we're still... Right. Yeah. So, uh, compared yeah. to D.C., I'm sure he thinks yeah. it's a windfall right. to have found that. Yeah, so we're looking, you know, when people are... You, we already have diff and tiff local incentives that will soon have housing components job components what you're bringing you know to town um city and taking a look a careful look at infill you yeah. know so infill is a huge problem especially yeah. in northampton right now i mean what is infill so infill is when is you it short have for infiltration we will both uh, we will both defer on that one yeah. um, so infill is when you have uh, pockets that used to be considered Open the space. land you needed to have <laughs> yeah. between houses right. is now being filled with new houses yeah. oh, Northampton okay. started to do it so if you used to have two acres owning you can put three houses on there, four houses on yeah. there. Yeah, it's really... And, and so to, to hedge against that it, as well and as fast as we can, uh, accessory dwelling units, um, we're really encouraging. Um, it's a special permit. I think it'll end up being by right. So you've got smaller housing units for elders, for... Um, folks who are just getting started or, you know, around in-laws. <laughs> yeah. In-laws. I mean, that's what they're usually called in-law yeah. apartments, in -law but apartments. you know, so someone who is making, I don't know, $17 an hour, um, can rent something yeah. in, in town. And, and when I say $17 an hour, I think of the hundred new jobs that will come into, uh, the city with river Valley market. Um, oh, right. All the people that work in yeah. the grocery store. So we want store. those nice. folks, right. We want those folks to be able to live in, in East Hampton. And we're doing an okay job with it. Um, it's hard to talk a farming family into not almost like the $600,000 board seat, mm -hmm. not to sell their building lots for $100,000. Right. I mean, so they've gotten wiped out a couple of times and all of a sudden this is this is their retirement. It or, is their retirement, yeah. You know, and But and as a hard. policy, it's tough to watch all that open space disappear. So we've done a pretty good job yeah. at um, and it, it, preserving uh, yeah. local um, open space on the side of Mount Tom. It was going to be nine McMansions. Oh, I remember the fight that, about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Horrible. And I was able to get a grant and we used CPA money and we preserved 22 acres. Um, and that's By where the subdivision was going. You bought it? Yep. Yep. The yep. city bought it. Put a yep. conservation easement Good. on yep. it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we yeah. have a lot of, we're very attractive place to do that because of Arcadia and there's a yep. wildlife corridor. Mm -hmm. um so we've we've done pretty good and and it's not a pushback on it's we 
we don't have to. We've had a couple of solar developments, and we've negotiated easements and trails to open space and made sure that you couldn't sneak in behind that solar array and build. Right. Um, you know, could we... I think we can do more. Uh, we just finished a housing, I'm sorry, we just put out the RFP for a housing production plan and housing needs, which will help us make the argument one way or the other. And what where the plan housing. should be. Yeah. yeah. And the mill district needs help. The next yeah. thing for the mill district is it's housing and then the um, the neighborhood right across Pleasant Green and, and all those mm -hmm. streets. Um, they're, you know, they're in tough shape. Yeah. They're in really tough shape. But there's a reason I live in Hadley. Um, you know, the thing about it's Hadley, where you can afford. Well, it's it's a where I can afford, but b it has a different idea about its place in this valley. I think in a lot of ways, and you know, there's ways that frustrate me to no end about that. I'm on the right. historical commission, and uh, where. Uh, I mean, there there have been there have been moments where we're like we're we're just all going to quit because why why are we even here? Because mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to knock down the North Hadley Village Hall, which is a beautiful historic mm -hmm. building. Uh, they're you know they they're grumbling about how much it'll take to restore the Russell Street School, which would be right. an absolute just abomination to lose. Um, and so you know, there's there's parts of it that I don't like, but there's also a very keen idea yeah. that this is a farming community and this is not a condo community but even in Hadley um you know I live on East Street and on the other side of East Street now there's a there's a McMa a, a mini McMansion uh settlement yeah. now and you know I wouldn't have thought that would have happened 5 years ago 10 years ago when I first yeah. lived Pressures there. Pressures are high, right? That's part of the thing. It's the it's the money pressure, the development. And there's an argument to be made with those McMansions in Hadley happening because of the zoning in the surrounding Around. communities. Right. Um, and it's pushing out. So the idea of us looking at, in East Hampton, zero lot lines. So when you're in the mill district, you know, you don't, and there are a couple of back buildings, they can be condoed. They are more easily, or you could condo out 25 units and have it be affordable yeah. have it you know be workforce initiative housing because those mills all have owners who are very invested um and it would be a great opportunity for them to be able to condo out or like 25 units and have appleton corporation manage it as 20 units to make it more affordable amherst and and even hadley to some extent um you know, and all of those. They don't have those towns. little mill buildings. Yeah. yeah. And South Hadley, it, but it's zoning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's still yeah. these weird requirements about having it be, you know, I don't know what it is, half acre, quarter of an yeah. acre. Right. It can't be above a certain, you know, number of stories. So what do you start looking at? Right. You move right down Route 9 yeah. and you start, you start looking at Hadley. Yeah. And South, I mean, it happened in South Hadley. South Hadley has Sansui Drive, which is basically how it happened is yeah. there was a bunch of, of land and the agricultural protection expired Yep, because the family moved out. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some of that on Rocky Hill road. There's a, mm. there's a foreclosure right now. That's yeah. about six acres. You see the sign out there and I'm just, yeah. and they've already cleared some lots yeah. on Rocky Hill um, for infill. And yeah, it's, it's scary because 
you know, I come from a town where this happened 20 years ago, right. 30 years ago, and I don't want to lose another farm community. Um, and so it's hard. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really tough challenge oh, absolutely. to, to balance the fair. Yeah, right. The, and Wayland and Lincoln, they, I forget what percentage of those towns are open space, but they started like before any of the sprawl started and they just bought up. The cities bought up, the cities and towns bought up all this property. So they're like 30% open space. And they always will be. It's it's like it was some decision at some point yeah. when they watched right. what was happening. But this whole pressure for infill and stuff, it's, it's amazing because it's like, it's sort of the opposite of what people were doing to have nice neighborhoods before. Yep. And, yeah. and it's... And usually the decisions made about a, an area that has less political par- power. So it it seems yeah. like it's not, you know, the hill in Belmont that goes to infill. No. It's, you know, down in the flats in Waverly Square near the trains. I mean, our poor neighborhoods are so jam-packed because most of it's mill housing. Oh, so it's really right. tight right. anyway. So you're looking at very, so in Cottage Street, um, Union Street, that's where the infill will most, well, I shouldn't even say infill because there's barely enough room for infill. I was going to say, there's not a lot. But accessory dwelling, um, accessible dwelling units, tiny houses, you know, we're working on, we tried once to get that ordinance through and working on that again, I think is more likely in East Hampton. So we can maybe open up the housing market, but on the other side, you know, the demand I mean, you try to buy a house in East Hampton right now, yeah. it's listed, and folks will walk in with an extra ten or $20,000. Um, yeah, above asking. Yeah. yeah, and that's, you know, there's, so you think you have that's a solution. Right, you think you have a solution, and then there's this unintended consequences on, you know, a house Demand that was built. Demand shoots up. Oh, know? yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the GI house is out in, um, on, Plain Street, you know, built at World War II. Oh, those slab houses for oh, yeah. the GIs? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they can go, you know, they're 230, and yeah, with very crazy. little work. It is crazy. Um, I do want to give a shout out, though, to some of, the, um, some of the organizations in the Valley that are working on preserving spaces, so mm-hmm. like the Kestrel Land Fund. They helped us with, yeah. Um, and some of the work that's doing to preserve um, historic Trustees farmland, of mm-hmm. trustees of the reservation. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is good that we at least have some real strong yeah. um, organizations out here that are working hard, but our, it's still a real challenge. Yeah, we have our own land trust in town, the Pasquamic, um Land Trust, and it, it they are strong, strong advocates if someone wanted to donate uh, land or funds. Um, the land trust locally can take those funds and then leverage them and work with Kestrel and work with the trustees and work with, you know, other larger organizations to preserve um, this important land. That also makes East Hampton a little different and gives us an edge. Um, But still, it's and it's, it's tax-based, too. That's the other thing. And when sure. you get a lot more housing, you need more schools. And, yeah. you know, people yeah. have – I've seen studies where they actually did the math to try and decide what kind of housing so that they mm-hmm. didn't get too many children because mm-hmm. the schools were already maxed out. And one more school is a lot more expensive. And, this yeah. housing production plan, I mean, I'm hoping to have it done in the next six to seven months, but I think it's going to be really surprising. 
I, you know, folks have the anecdotal idea of what we need in East Hampton, and I'm, I'm not so sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, hmm, when you crunch those numbers, um, I, I just don't think they're going to be the same way. And, and we saw a little bit of that with the downtown strategic plan grant, and that we're wrapping up on August 9th. Everybody had this idea that we need mixed use and we need condos in the cottage in Union Street. And, we, and parking. And I was going to say parking. Yeah. Maybe. No. no it, it's <laughs> Doesn't like, need it. No. Yeah. I, mean the, yeah. I mean, yes, when you buy your, you know, your coffee in the morning, it's tight. It, but, you know, it's you have to look at 24-7. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's very, it'll be very interesting. I found that it's usually, you can usually find a spot. Right. Like that is my people. Experience. People will feel like, oh well, the lot is full. It's like, yeah, but if you drive around the block twice, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, that that's been that is my experience, um, completely my experience. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, who wants more parking lots or parking meters? So that's another thing. <laughs> I don't. I think, I think time is run out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think ding dong. Right, right. Time for Dinner's dinner. calling. We're I, all starting I, I to agree, get hungry. But I, I don't want parking meters in East Hampton. It's one of the things I like about East Hampton is yes, you I still like don't have Florence any too. along Main Street. Florence uh, doesn't you know, have any. A, yeah. a lot of businesses um, in the Main Street, Union Street, cottage area would be fine with parking meters. Oh, sure they would. Oh, because yeah. it turns over the, yeah, so they get more customers. Right, yeah. yeah, right. They they would be more than fine. And, and there are ways to, like the first 15 minutes um, are free for parking. So if you were, were running in and out, you could do half hour, the first half hour is free. Um, and, just, you know, we're not, a couple of the city councilors are really looking hard at ordinances or, around that. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's, an initiative that I see as legislative, but businesses are asking for it. I mean, they they oh, want meters. They want, and that was not the case two years ago. Right. Oh, no. so people must be leaving their cars or something. Yeah. And employees, if you know, they want to park closer to where. Right. You and know, they the take up the stuff. parking spots for yeah. the for the customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they want that you used to, to happen in Northampton all the time. So they want yeah. you to force their employees to park further away, or else <laughs> make their employees' costs go up. Mm. Ah, man, business owners. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. I like, yeah, we have a good business community. They're yeah. they're rational. They're they're helpful. I mean, they yeah. know they. It, you know, East Hampton is a gritty, resilient town. We have learned many many lessons over the existence of of town and city that the businesses have to stick together. Yeah, hmm. they really do. Well, thank you for joining us here on this supplemental episode of Civil Politics on the Planetside Podcast Network. That was Mayor Nicole LaChapelle of East Hampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm Michael Dow, and uh, Sue Timberlake and Stacey Cooney have been joining in. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Check out more of our great episodes and other great shows on the Planetside Podcast Network, including evidence-based, and I shouldn't have to tell you this. (laughs) Yep. All right. Thanks, folks. So long. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.